This podcast covers general health information only. If you have specific medical questions, please consult your healthcare professional with any concerns. back to the Healthy Lifestyles Wellcast. This is Hannah Butler, one of your Healthy Lifestyles health educators. Our Wellcast is all about providing you with health and wellness education in a fun and more approachable way. Today, I am virtually sitting down to talk with Emily Trombley from the Salt Lake Climbers Alliance to discuss inclusivity in the outdoors. Though I love to spend time outdoors, I am no expert on this subject, so I'm incredibly excited to have Emily here today. Say hi, Emily. Excited to be here. Yay! Salt Lake Climbers Alliance is one of the biggest defenders of Utah public land today. So to start off our conversation, can you give us a brief history of the Salt Lake Climber Alliance, Emily? Totally. So the Salt Lake Climbers Alliance is an advocacy and stewardship organization serving the Wasatch region of Utah. It was formed in 2002 to address the climbing access issue in Big Cottonwood Canyon at Storm Mountain and Picnic Area. Yeah, we also serve as stewards of climbing sites, managing an acclaimed anchor maintenance program on established routes, upgrading or developing sustainable trail access, and educating climbers on responsible use of outdoor climbing areas. The SLCA is a nonprofit organization supported by the climbing community, working closely with local and national governmental public land agencies, private landowners, as well as local and national climbing advocate organizations. Wow. I'm so impressed by the things the Salt Lake Climbers Alliance has been able to accomplish in its short life. It started in 2002, right? Yes. Which makes it a couple years older than I am, which is crazy that it's gotten so much done. (laughs) And we'll be talking a little bit more about the things that the Climbers Alliance is currently focusing on a little later. But for now, I think we should transition into talking about how to fall in love with spending time outside. (laughs) So Emily, how did you find your love for outdoor recreation and how did you start your personal journey with rock climbing? I love this question. I love geeking out about the outdoors. So I actually grew up not, I grew up in Michigan. So outdoors wasn't like as big as it is here. It's more about playing sports. And I was always working out because that was all you, all you could do. Um, and I went to my gym that happened to have a rock climbing wall one day. And I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I want to try this. And, you know, after doing that instead of arm day, I instantly fell in love and decided to move into my car and move out west to just pursue being outside all the time. And uh, really cool that the outdoors is such a welcoming community and that you can just pick up and leave and you know, whether it's just leave your house for the day or like, you know, move across the country, um, you can always find somewhere to be and yeah so my love grew instantly as soon as I found it and realized that instead of being inside climbing on like plastic holds I could be outside pulling on real rock. I personally started rock climbing when I was 12 and I found it to be such a peaceful thing for me. I always explain to my friends who want to get into rock climbing that it's a bit of a mind game. It's like solving a puzzle right but you're solving it with movement and I love that you know you have to start at the bottom and solve the puzzle of how to get to the top. It's been something I've really loved. It's like a form of meditation to me. But I found that over the last 12 years of my climbing life, (laughs) I've had phases where I move in and out of loving climbing. So I'll love it, and then I'll go a ton, 
and then life will get busy and I'll take a break and then I have to start the process of getting back into it. No matter what, I always find it a little bit daunting to walk back into a climbing gym or back into the canyon after I've taken some time off. So being a beginner again always makes me feel a little bit unsure and uneasy, which I think is a normal response for anyone who is entering a setting that is a bit new to them, right? When starting something new or joining a new community, we often feel feelings of fear or anxiety. How do you combat that? And what tips can you give to those who want to start rock climbing or want to start spending more time outdoors to help them overcome those beginner fears? Totally. I feel like that's so normal for <laughs> humans to have this fear of failure or fear of someone judging them. One, this is something I think even, you know, pro climbers or people who've been climbing, you know, their whole life since they were 12 go through. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it or how much time you take off. Um, I think a major thing to remember is, for the most part, people are pretty self-absorbed. They're going to be paying more attention to how they're climbing than they're going to be paying attention to how you're climbing. And another thing that I love about the outdoor community is that everyone is really welcoming. So, like, getting out there that first day might be really hard because you're like, okay, I have all these unknowns that I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know who's going to be there. Who's going to, like, watch me? Are they going to judge? But I think once you like take that initial step and you go out there and meet the people that actually do this and like spend their time doing this, you realize that no one really cares how hard you send or like how often you go. It's just the psych of being together, climbing outside um, and trying to keep that in your mind, I think helps a lot to just know that we're all here because we love the outdoors. We're all here because we're trying to find a way to be outside as much as possible. And I think that makes a huge difference to help with any kind of anxiety when it comes to going outside for the first time ever or the first time in a month, a week, a year, however long it may be. Also do our climbing festival every summer, which we love seeing all the new and old faces, people who've been here for a while, people who've never climbed before, come in and get together to either, you know, learn the learn the ropes, learn how to climb outside, how to go from like gym to crag or learn how to like lead their first route, which is bringing up the rope with you uh, or how to boulder, how to go outside with like completely minimal equipment. It's always a really good, comfortable area with like people in the outdoors. Everyone just wants you to have fun and they just want to be around people who are also excited. But the climbing festival is a great way. We have clinics, we have like get togethers, um, and it just is also a perfect way to explore a new area. Like this year, we are going to be in the Uintas climbing, which is different. We've done little Cottonwood before, and we've done like big Cottonwood before. And I don't know, we've gone to Solitude and Brighton. I actually don't think we've gone to Little before, but it's really exciting to check out a new one and to show people that there is climbing in the Uintas. It's not only beautiful hikes and backpacking trips and lakes but there's climbing that you can do when you're there as well. Wow. Where can people go to learn about these events that you hold and these classes you hold? Totally. So they can go to our website, like Climbers Alliance, or we can, we also have a Salt Lake Climbing Festival website. Uh, there's also our Instagram, Salt Lake Climbers, where we have all of our information, like up to date, just about our events all the time. And um, another awesome thing is, a lot of, you know, of our amazing sponsors hold 
climbing meetups. So, you know, Black Diamond holds like a ladies climb night um, every so often at Momentum, typically Momentum Sandy, where new people and people who've been climbing for a while can just get together and climb with others around them. I think I agree with you completely that it's truly okay to just be bad at something when you start. Actually, in the climbing community, there are so many people around you who want to teach you. There are old men that have been climbing for like 40 plus years that want to share all their knowledge with you. And I have a friend who always says, the only way to improve at anything is to embarrass yourself trying it, right? Found that to be so true with anything in outdoors, whether it's hiking, mountain biking, or rock climbing, just trying and embarrassing yourself is part of the journey. And it's what helps you fall in love with it. Also found, just like you, that the outdoor community is one of the most accepting new communities to join. When walking into a climbing gym, you're often met with many people who want to teach you new skills, like the 40-year-old climber that knows everything. And if you go to any outdoor recreation store, with people who are so stoked about the hobbies they love to do and so ready to teach you how to get into it. Super exciting to be yeah. able to be that person, to, to like see someone have that first spark or that's that fire that you remember having and you continue to have. Yeah. And that spark, sharing that spark is so alive in the outdoor community, which I love. Why do you think it's important to foster an inclusive outdoor recreation community? So I think it's really important because everyone should be able to get outside, no matter what your background is, no matter like who you are, no matter where you're from, just being able to get outside. It's, it's our backyard, you know, it's our natural backyard. You can just walk out and just feel the stress of everything kind of be relieved and everything that matters behind the desk at work personal things it just goes away you know you're just outside and everyone should be able to experience that everyone deserves that and it just is a uh, honestly really makes you feel like you have been refueled yeah I completely agree there's something so recharging about being outside and really. spending that time with other human beings right it connects us to the earth and to others which I love do you really think that the outdoors can be inclusive for all cultures, body types, and gender orientations? Do you think there's room for everyone? Absolutely, yes. It's That's one of my favorite things about the outdoor community and climbing in specific is that you go to a gym or you go outside, uh, you take trips even outside of Utah, and you see so many different kinds of people out there, different body types, different like backgrounds, and everyone's just there, you know, being humans exploring their back their natural backyard and i think we've got amazing groups here in like the salt lake area that if people are a little bit nervous about going out by themselves or they want to meet people that they feel that are in their community more than just the outdoor community there's the amazing group which is the salt lake area queer climbers there's also color the wasatch there's so many different groups that you can get a, be a part of where you just feel comfortable and you're around other like-minded people who maybe have a similar background to you or maybe they don't and you just have like really a really strong group of people to explore everything with and thank you for name dropping a couple groups that can be used both of those communities have instagrams i think 
So you can follow along with them to find hikes and climbs and um, things like that to join, which is really cool. I also agree that the outdoors can be incredibly inclusive. It's just about finding the right people to hang around as you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And those groups also, I believe, do a lot of like meetups and it's not only climbing, which is nice. They go out and they go hiking or they go meet up and get like or you know they just get together and have a good time and I think it's so important to continue that and then they also get outside which is just the cherry on top. I totally agree so much inclusivity to be found and so many amazing people to meet through the outdoors but there still is a little bit more work to be done to foster more inclusivity we can all still work on that So what is the Salt Lake Climbers Alliance doing to help create a more inclusive outdoor community? And how can citizens of Salt Lake County get more involved with that? Yeah, so in the spirit of community, the SLCA is dedicated to the inclusion of all climbing advocates. Uh, We believe that access climbing should be open and offer a welcoming environment for all climbers, regardless of race, ethnicity, religion, social class, gender identity, gender expression, sexuality, ability, or age, you know. We believe that everyone should be able to experience this. We love to be involved by, you know, promoting these events that we work with affinity groups where we get, we bring more knowledge to people who didn't know this community existed for them and that they have a space, safe space to, to be at. Um, we also do Adopt-A-Crags, which would be an awesome way for Salt Lake County citizens to join where is where people where all the climbs are so a crag is like a where the rock is that you would climb up um but we go to the crags and we clean them up and we make it like a community get together volunteer your time come clean up the places or not clean you know we're in the outdoors it's meant to be a little bit dirty but you know help keep it the way it was like don't let any human impact make these areas less accessible for us in the future and for future generations. So it's a really fun time to get together and clean up the trail, meet each other, meet people in the outdoor community, and just have a good time and also see all these awesome places that you can climb that maybe you didn't know existed or even hike. I mean, you have to hike to get to these climbs as well. So, Yeah, that's super awesome. I really enjoy following Um, I love to participate in outdoor recreation, climbing, or hiking. It allows me to connect more to the beauty of the earth, right? I think it is important to work hard to keep our trails and rock climbing sites clean. You've kind of already mentioned it, but could you dive a little deeper? Totally. I'll I'll say this again, you know, we want want the outdoors to be dirty. You know, we want to go roll around in the dirt, but we don't want it to be any kind of impact of humans. It should be just dirt and rock and maybe some like, I don't know, pebbles going underneath your nails or something. Um, But I think uh, creating Craig Citizen, so going out and explaining and teaching people what it is and what it means to be a Craig Citizen. How can you keep it better than you found it? How can you make sure that, you know, when you're climbing, you aren't ruining the rock and having strong leave no trace ethics is so important to make sure that these areas are going to stay accessible for future generations and for, you know, even the coming future. 
Uh, very interesting to think about. We don't have as much of a problem with it, Asatch, but you know, climbing down south in Utah, there's a lot of sandstone. And knowing that you can't climb on the wet sandstone, you have to wait at least 24 to 48 hours, depending on how much rain there is, which this past winter, it's been a lot of rain down there. <laughs> but, you know, teaching people that being like, oh, like it's going to break the rock and you're going to leave an impact on this like natural thing by uh, climbing on it when it's wet. And I think it's just really important to make sure that we teach and we emphasize the importance of keeping everything like cleaner than you found it, safer, like better than you found it, take out any kind of trash you bring in. You know, I know this is never a fun topic, but bring your poop out with you, you know, get a wag bag. You got to poop in a bag sometimes. Um, or, you know, go to the bathroom at the, at the porta potties at the trailhead before you go in. But, you know, everything you bring in, whether it's in your body or out, bring it out with you. We are going to be doing a couple of hikes during our June and July months, and we will be learning how to practice that. Oh, I love so that. to anyone listening, please join us on those hikes <laughs> and you can learn how to leave no trace. But real quick, I'll just have Emily explain what leaving no trace is. You kind of- is basically just leaving it better than you found it. So when it comes to, it's actually a really great source. If you want to learn more about it, there's much more information on the leave no trace website. Um, look up leave no trace, but some of them are plan ahead and prepare because you don't want to like go somewhere and uh, what to expect you know if it's going to be raining if it's going to if you're in the desert and you're going to be hiking for hours you need to have more water than you think prepare for anything to happen especially if you're out of service and you have to the next one uh, travel and camp on durable surfaces so making sure that when you're camping you aren't you know on something that might be like damaging like plants or natural like wildlife maybe uh, also making sure you're camping far enough away from water. As we know here, watersheds are, you know, try and keep the water as clean as possible so we can continue to drink it and use it. Um, so that's another principle. Um, the third would be, you know, dispose of waste properly, which is kind of something I briefly brought up. Uh, when you have banana peels, you th- might think, you know, you know, it's, it's fruit. It came from the earth. It's trying to like go back into the earth. But that's actually not the case. We want to make sure that we are packing out our orange, like our orange peels or our banana peels or any kind of trash that you might think can compose. Just assume we can't. It's better to just bring it out with you as well as, you know, packing out any kind of waste you may have, like human waste and areas where you are able to bring your dogs. Please pick up the poop. Uh, It's so important for not only like aesthetically pleasing for people hiking you want to just keep the earth clean third principle is leave what you find uh so you don't want to be taking you don't want to take rocks when you go out and hike you don't want to take things that are meant to be outdoors don't just just leave it how you found it Uh, and then minimizing campfire impacts i feel like we all understand how dangerous fires can be Uh, the impact it's had these past few years where we've had you know fires like smoke coming from you know california all the way over here so if it's like high fire danger uh, if it's really dry out uh, it's 
all right to not have a campfire every time you go camping. Uh, just make sure, or when you're going to bed, make sure you get rid of all the embers, you know, pour water on it, like stomp it out, make sure there's nothing left burning before you go to bed. Also respecting wildlife. One thing that I was always taught was to, you should be able to cover the whole animal some by placing your arm straight out ahead of you so that they're far enough away. You want to make sure that the whole animal is covered by your thumb. Can't cover the whole animal with your thumb within like a straight arm. You're probably too close and you're not respecting its boundaries. Um, but yeah, also be considerate of others. So, you know, if you're going on a beautiful hike, typically people more often than not are going on these hikes to just be with themselves in nature, enjoying it. And you really don't want to be walking around with, you know, a speaker blasting music when people are really going to like listen to the creek or listen to the birds or the trees. So be respectful of others and know when other people are around and also just being outside, enjoy it. Like It's okay to listen to music if you want to put some headphones in, but if it's going to impact others around you, it's probably best not to do it. And if you're wanting to learn a little bit more, just join us on our hikes this summer. So what is Salt Lake Climbers Alliance currently doing to address the environmental issues in the state of Utah? And also, what can we do as Salt Lake County citizens to help? So we're engaged as a partner at the table with public lands planning processes, including Central Wasatch Commission, Salt Lake Ranger District stakeholders, um, LCC EIS, which for us is Save Little Cottonwood Canyon Climbing. So we do a lot of fighting for keeping it, keeping the canyons as natural and not man-made as possible. So the most recent one that I'm sure everyone's heard about is the gondola. Um, so we are hoping for a gondola-free Little Cottonwood Canyon. We just really don't want to not only have it impact the climbing, but also just impacting like an eyesore. We just want it to look beautiful and keep it as natural as it is because Little Cottonwood Canyon is phenomenal to look at and see. Beautiful. Do you have any closing statements, anything you want to add before we wrap up? I would say we have a lot of projects coming up in this coming season as the weather warms up. Um, Spring's right around the corner. I know I keep everyone keeps saying it, but it's right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do a lot of work outside. One of the things being um, gate buttress, uh, adopt a crag in the spring, um, which is one of the areas we can climb. And we would love to also, if people want to get involved in seeing how, just seeing people climb and not even having to engage in it, just seeing what it's like. There's this awesome, I don't know if you've heard of the Alpenblock loop, but it's like oh. a nice, oh, it's perfect. So it's a nice hike right from the Little Cottonwood Canyon Park and Ride. But you can walk the trail that goes by people bouldering and people climbing on ropes. Um, and so you can just walk and see what it looks like, what it's about, you know, maybe talk to some of the climbers that are out there and see what they, it is they're doing. Um, but you just park at the Little Cottonwood Park and Ride. There's a nice little trail. They'll loop you back to the Little Cottonwood Park and Ride. You, know, you can public transit to it. Um, engage people like climbing while they're hiking um, and also for anyone who doesn't know much about climbing bouldering is climbing smaller rocks with all you need is shoes and a crash pad which is like basically like a little mattress 
And then there's rope climbing where you'll see when you're hiking that loop, people are bringing ropes up with them and getting a little bit higher, uh, climbing higher instead of like short boulder. So that's something to keep an eye out if you do check out the Alpenbach loop. But yeah, I definitely recommend if anyone's curious about what climbing looks like, but don't know if they want to fully get into it, to take a look, take a walk. Once it like clears up and gets a little bit less snowy, you'll find little trails that lead down to boulders and you can like see what they're doing say hi and thank you so much for the time and you know follow our news blog become a crag citizens even if you aren't a climber you don't need to be a climber to be a crag citizen just make everything cleaner than you found it well i have had so much fun this has been such a good conversation i feel like i have learned so much and i have a lot to take away from what you've said today i absolutely love your idea of just showing up to little cottonwood and walking around there are so many amazing climbs out there and during the summer it's packed with people so that's a perfect way to introduce yourself to climbing i love it to all of our wonderful salt lake county employees see you next time and i hope you get into rock climbing <laughs>